0: welcome back podcast land we got another show for you and in lieu of a real cold open topic uh we all got to watch a couple films since the last time we recorded that have uh made their ways onto our lists from 2021 that we wanted to cover real quick yeah uh personally and i'll get this one out of the way real quick i know you two didn't get to see it but i got to see licorice pizza the new paul thomas anderson film Oh nice. It's lovely. And I uh I really vibed with it because it was a real vibe hangout movie. Nice. Uh and nice. it was sweet and lovely and uh was a beautiful tale of two people, one who is barreling into adulthood from a young age and one who is in arrested development at uh, ten years older. Uh, and just a, I, I thought it was a lovely film good yeah so you know. i'm
1: excited to see that one
0: yeah me too
1: so know, i'm not excited
0: but i want to see it I, zach i i think you're really gonna like it Zach. Yeah. jonathan i'm really interested to hear what you have to say on it
2: oof <laughs>
0: uh, it's it's a real shaggy hangout film and i know that's not normally your style so yeah. uh so it, it it felt a lot more like a richard Linklater film than it did uh
1: yeah, oh, when Paul you say shaggy hangout, I, I mean I think days and confused sort of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could vibe with that, and, and I hope Sometimes. you do. I hope you really enjoy it. I because yeah, I think it's just a beautiful film. Oh, All right, cool. All right. So our next film we're going to talk about is the new uh, film on Netflix and in uh, limited theaters, the new Adam McKay written and co-written and directed film, Don't Look Up. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. The movie's fucking great <laughs> I hard, and hard disagree <laughs> you can hard I don't know what your problem is with this fucking movie dude that movie is like I' listen I'm not gonna be like one of those peoples like this is showing everything. like yeah it's it's doing exactly what it's supposed to be it's showing in satire and I barely think it's satire and more of just a Social commentary on, yeah, this is one hundred percent what would happen, I think, if not over exaggerated by quite a bit, yes, yeah. a bit hyperbolic, but very hyperbolic yeah and so, i I loved it
1: <laughs> i was uh I was able to finish it last night, so um I am somewhere in between, so i i i liked it, I did like it. I think it could have I'll say it's a good fun movie not a great film if it had a different approach with the same subject matter it could have become I I think I saw you say something online Paul about it it wants to be Dr. Strangelove but it's not it's
0: it, it it thinks it's saying
1: a lot
0: and it thinks it's so fucking smart and it's it's doing neither of those I things. don't think it's trying to be smart. I really oh, don't. It's, it's trying I to think be it's so trying smart. to be idiocracy, just not that bad. It's it's less hyperbolic than idiocracy.
1: So for yeah. me, watching this for me it was more cathartic than anything because sitting in tonight, right now, art you know the state of virginia put out a warning about overcrowded hospitals you know don't go don't go to the hospital unless you have um an, an, an actual emergency because for, you know people are, are fucking idiots and we have record high temperatures in this winter. And so I'm sitting here, like I'm, I'm feeling like Leonardo DiCaprio's character and, and, and Jennifer Lawrence, a redhead named Caitlin. Thank you. Um, so, <laughs> Oh, there's, I, there's where that came, came in down. the middle. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, just I'm sitting there like, yes, I'm screaming with them. I'm like, no, okay. I'm, as I'm watching their characters scream and yell at, at the people, I'm 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 feeling like this is how I feel. I'm I'm the type of person who's getting online and ranting occasionally. So it's the kind of movie that was made for someone like me. And I but I get that it's it's super obvious and heavy-handed and it is so heavy-handed
0: and so ham fisted. But that's I, the point. I feel I like it was trying to do that because it's like, all right, subtext <laughs> is not excuse me, sorry, subtext is not coming through fucking a people like this is you and they're still not going to fucking get it and it made me uncomfortable because like you said being that person that's screaming hey guys we're going to fucking die it made me uncomfortable and I and that's what it was trying to do it, it made me fucking hate people and I it's it was just a movie I felt that said we can't have subtext we we, we it has not worked yeah and I'm, I am I'm normally find with. No subtext. I don't even care that it doesn't have subtext. I just care that I didn't laugh once, which I I think is the the biggest death knell for any comedy. Uh and this movie is trying so hard to make you laugh. Like, I, trying so hard to do that like office discomfort comedy. And like, you know I can't stand that. You know that makes me physically ill. I cannot do that uh what have I called it before, like sympathetic. Like, mm-hmm. embarrassment. But I, I, the second the second Meryl Streep started talking, I checked out as hard as I could. And then <laughs> Jonah Hill started talking. And then it just didn't stop from there. And nothing about this was funny. And nothing about this was entertaining. And nothing about this made me sympathetic to the plight of anybody on, on our actual Earth that has any kind of an iota of care of what's going on in our world and how to take care of it i after that first uh white house scene i just wanted i wanted the comet to hit the earth that second <laughs> that in this movie is 50 minutes too long it is this should it is not long. have been two hours and 20 minutes i agree they yeah. it it was just repeating jokes and repeating jokes and repeating jokes and the there was one moment that i got any kind of any kind of feeling from, and that was the very end. I, I don't really want to spoil too much right now because, you know, this is still a new movie. It'll still be kind of new when this episode comes out. And as much as I don't think anybody should watch this movie, cause it sucks. <laughs> people should watch it to, to get their own opinion, especially since you're getting three different opinions on it from us. So I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but just there's the scene at the very end or near the very end. That's kind of sweet. And I thought was the only like port in the storm of a film that just was so shrill and so (laughs) unfunny. And then immediately after that scene, it became shrill and unfunny again. Gotcha. Yeah. and and i couldn't even enjoy that scene anymore like they should have ended the movie on that scene but then it kept going and then there was a mid credit scene and then there was a post credit scene just because i was cleaning up around my house and i just let the credits run and i happened to watch the post credit scene yeah so. so the movie on top of everything thinks it's as entertaining as a marvel film <laughs>
1: And you know I what? was more I was more entertained than some of the Marvel films I've seen lately. So. I was just thinking, yeah.
0: you know what? It was as entertaining as a Marvel film. Endgame. <laughs> the worst one.
1: Yeah. Also uh, too right. long. I yeah. I'm I'm not gonna go like I said, I'm not gonna tell anybody this is a great film or something you have to see. It was just cathartic for me to watch it because it was just punching low the whole time, and that's that's what I expected of it, I guess. Um
0: I just got no catharsis from it, and if you want a really good film about uh, the impending doom of climate uh, change deniers, see uh, First Reform, the Paul Schrader film. It's much better. Okay, sure.
1: All right, and, it
0: has, and it has Ethan Hawke who rules.
1: <laughs> I will say one, one thing: I like. I I felt like an idiot the whole time I was watching it because I was like, "Where's Kate Blanchett? Isn't she in this movie?" I didn't recognize her as the. Uh, oh. Yeah, she host for a long time. She mm, so mm, melted into that character. It was what amazing. a waste yeah. of
0: Kate Blanchett.
1: Yeah, well,
0: <laughs> what a waste of Tyler Perry. They wasted <laughs> Tyler Perry. How do you do that? Uh, By yeah, usually Tyler Perry <laughs> just does it himself. <laughs> but have you ever seen Tyler Perry in any any of the uh, anybody else's movies? He's really good in Gone Girl. He's really good in Star Trek, even though he's only yeah. there for like five minutes. He did that. <laughs> okay, yeah. we can move on to the next okay. one. Uh, I'm just going to say uh, we'll wrap this up. This is my number two worst film of the year. Dear Evan Hansen, still my worst.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. I, I gave it a. I gave it four stars. So. I gave it half. That's about where I'd put it. <laughs> half.
0: I, I'd put it at four. <laughs> half. Four and a half. Okay.
1: Four and a half.
0: No. <laughs> All right. So our next film uh, is currently playing on HBO Max and is in theaters right now, and it is the great Lana Wachowski co-written and directed film, the matrix resurrections. His hey act.
1: Yeah. What'd you
0: think of this movie?
1: I will say, uh, let, let me pull a Paul workman quote. The amount of subtlety is in the absolute basement with this movie. It's <laughs> I like yeah, the first. That's, that.
0: That's the best place for it in this though. Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, everything that you complained about, uh, don't look up is my complaint for, uh, the matrix resurrections. Um, and I, you know, like I said,
0: this wasn't a comedy, though.
1: <laughs> what was it? It was a
0: sci-fi action so, film. Yeah,
1: But it's a bad sci-fi action film. You're it a isn't. bad
0: sci-fi action film. This movie was magical.
1: <laughs> the first Sorry, half is very good and sets up. I am I was so interested to see where they were going to go. I, I get it. You know, they didn't. Lana doesn't want to make a, a a sequel. You know, Warner Brothers is going to do it with or without without her or the creative team. Mm hmm. And then the second half of the movie is just a mediocre Matrix movie.
0: So, I'm going to give you one thing. Yeah. I would have preferred it if things were a little more up in the air like they were in the first half. And and I'm trying not to spoil anything.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um, But when basically Neo's frame of mind is in question throughout most of the film... I would have not had would have preferred to not have a direct answer. I don't know if I I don't know if I agree with that, just because I I think either one of two things needs to happen. They either need to realize that they shouldn't do any more of these movies Mm. because they don't need to. They don't. There's four amazing Matrix films. We don't need to we don't need to tack on anymore. We really didn't need this one. Thankfully, Lana came back and did what she did. I count five because I think the Animatrix, all of them are really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Animatrix is amazing. Yeah. Okay, so five. Um, Or if we're going to move forward, we're going to have to play in the yard that the creator wants us to play in. And we don't need any J.J. abrams of the Matrix franchise. Mm. No, no. Because if Annie Wachowski would have not done this, they would have given it to Abrams, and it would have been or, or someone the first, someone or. of the Abrams ilk. Yeah, it would have Could been have, bad. Yeah, it would have been awful. But as it stands, I, uh, I think Lana comes in and cr- creates a film that is about humanity, because that is what the Machowskis have been interested in throughout their career is what makes us human. How do we connect to each other? And while this might've been quote unquote mediocre matrix movie, I didn't give a shit about that. I don't, I didn't want this to be a a good matrix movie. I wanted this to be a great Wachowski's movie. Okay. And I think Juana gave us a great Wachowski movie because for, for my estimate, they've never made a bad
2: movie. (sighs)
1: And I think I'm not I'm not chiding anyone for enjoying this if they and expected not, something different and they got what they wanted out of it. I just I think um I'm one of those I I'm not a toxic fanboy, but I am a praiser of the first movie, as I've said openly, it's like and I don't expect the same thing over and over again. I, I guess I just didn't know what to expect and then I so I
0: was I was telling Leon this earlier because we, we just got on the topic of... Uh, we were talking about Cinema Wins, which is my new favorite channel on YouTube, because it is the opposite of the basement floor bullshit film criticism that Sins has created for us. I hate it. Um, and essentially, I said two things going into this movie. I love the Wachowskis. Speed Racer, Cloud Atlas, Sense8, uh, even... Um, Jupiter Ascending, which I know a lot of people don't care for, is a film that I have a big heart for, just Such because a movie. it fits so well into their oeuvre. And and Zach, I, I think if you would have done a lot more prepping on the Wachowskis before this film, you might yeah. have expected something different.
1: That's that's very fair.
0: Um, and I said the first thing when they announced the Matrix that I asked was, "How do you create a Matrix sequel?" Twenty years after the matrix broke film, it broke everything film. It, I, I heard someone describe it as you can think of film in two eras. Now pre matrix and post matrix. And I absolutely hundred percent agree with that. So Lana came and said, you know what the plot, the, the plot and theme of this movie is, how do you make a matrix equal 20 years after the matrix broke film? <laughs> so Lana gave me exactly the question. I asked as the plot to this movie and I couldn't have been happier with how she answered it. You take all the subtlety out and you kind of get angry at people for wanting another matrix movie films broken. We don't need more matrix movies.
1: I get it. And that's, I appreciate it as her doing what she wanted. I just wasn't entertained by it.
0: I'm very sorry to hear that. Yeah. I, I knew wish- this movie was going to be super polarizing. Like the second I finished, I was like, there are going to be way too many chapped asses about this movie. <laughs> the second I finished it, I, I said, man, I, I can't wait for everybody to see this because it's an honest statement about humanity and connection and identity. And I'm going to stop talking now because I'm honestly going to start crying. I think this movie is beautiful. Like uh, <laughs> I'm not even joking right now. Okay.
1: <laughs> Good. Well, and that's how a movie should make you feel. Exactly. So let's talk about a movie. Yeah, let's talk about a movie. <laughs>
0: beautiful people out there in podcast land my name is paul workman i'm jonathan pierce
1: and i'm zach mccoy
0: and we are your oscar grouches welcome back to the oscar's podcast a show where we discuss oscar wins throughout history and try to determine where the academy went wrong if they went wrong and what film are we watching this week jonathan today we're talking about rain man a movie with a guy who abuses his partner to make himself look better and tom cruise <laughs> And that laugh you heard, joining us for this episode, our favorite Twitch streamer and returning guest to the show, Mr. Jason Burns. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I I really was glad I could fit this in right after Wapner. Definitely definitely (laughs) Definitely, Wapner. Definitely Definitely Wapner. Wapner. (laughs) You know, every time I think of that line, I always think of the Weird Al song, uh, Can't Watch This. Yeah. He says he's got the line, Judge Wapner. Oh my! You got to be Rain Man to like this guy. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, topical. We could easily turn this into a Weird Al appreciation podcast, and I would be for here, that as well. So there is yeah. not a person here who would disagree with that. Right. <laughs> here is my my Weird Al collection in a uh, case that looks like Weird Al's accordion. Nice. And my signed copies of Off the Deep End and Dare to Be Stupid. <laughs>
2: nice.
0: <laughs> It's pretty fantastic. Ah, I've seen him twice, met him twice. What a great man. Can also talk about how UHF was robbed of Oscar nominations that it oh, rightfully deserved we in every might, category. We might be doing that very soon. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. Nice. Uh, somebody has a birthday episode coming up. And it might be me. Yeah. Okay. So, is this everybody's first time seeing this film? No, I had seen this a while ago, but like I think I was not an adult. Like I'm pretty sure I was like middle school aged, I, maybe early high school, but it had been literal
1: years, decades since I had seen it. Awesome. No, not my first time either.
0: Yep. Same year. Also, not mine. Uh, Zach and Jonathan, do you remember your first time? Hmm.
1: I don't no. remember my first time. It's probably one of those ones i would seen on TV uh, many years ago. I watched it again 10 or 15 years ago. So, but this is my first watch since then, so it's been a little while.
0: Nice. Yeah. Uh, this, this is another one of those ones that my parents bought me on
1: VHS. I don't what know why that? it was all 80s films
0: and, and <laughs> Annie Hall.
1: It's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember when this came out. Don't you remember this movie, honey?
0: Yeah, I was probably. Four uh all right let's do an oscar breakdown Break it, down. it is an apocryphal march 29th 1989 apocryphal, apocryphal. it was it's just the first word that popped in my head no, like fair it.
2: enough yeah i like it <laughs>
0: uh we are still at the shrine auditorium in los angeles california after moving there uh last year i believe uh Our host on the evening is Robin Williams. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, At least according to the big book of Oscar trivia, because uh, Wikipedia does not have that fact on here. Uh. All right. Uh, Our most nominated film on the evening is Rain Man at eight. Our most awarded film on the evening is Rain Man at four. Since it's been a couple weeks and we haven't checked in. We're still on ABC. Okay. All right. Not moved again. All right. Our best picture, Rain Man, giving Mark Johnson an Academy Award for producer, beats out the accidental tourist, dangerous liaisons, Mississippi Burning, and Working Girl. Our best director is Barry Levinson for Rain Man. Mm. I could turn this into a Barry Levinson episode because that man's career is weird as fuck. It really is. (laughs) <laughs> it is everything after this movie is just such a bizarre choice. All right. Our best actor goes to Dustin Hoffman playing Raymond Babbitt in rain man. Uh, beating out Tom Hanks in big
2: mm-hmm.
0: and Edward James Olmos stand and deliver. Yes, sir. Just a couple. I'd like to bring up your best actress goes to Jodie Foster for the accused. There you go. Congratulations, Jody Foster. Best Supporting Actor goes to Kevin Klein in A Fish Called Wanda uh, in a really interesting and stacked category. Uh, he beats out Alec Guinness for Little Dort, Martin Lando for Tucker, The Man in His Dreams, River Phoenix in Running on Empty, and Dean Stockwell from Jonathan Demme's Married to the Mob.
1: Oh, Rest in Peace, the great Dean Stockwell.
0: R.I.P. Dean Stockwell.
1: Uh, Best Supporting
0: Actress goes to Gina Davis in The Accidental Tourist. Our Best Screenplay written directly for the screen goes to Rain Man. Ronald Bass and Barry Morrow Academy Awards. Uh, Beating out Steven Spielberg's sister Anne and Gary Ross for Big. Uh, Bull Durham, also in the category, That's a Film I Love. Yeah. Man, we are quiet tonight. (laughs) It's a baseball movie, and I don't (laughs) like Big. (laughs) Really? You know what? I'm going to say something. Okay. I like Tom Hanks. I don't like Tom Hanks movies. (laughs) That's a weird statement. (laughs) I just no Tom Hanks movies. I don't want to say no Tom Hanks movies. No, like
1: Splash. (laughs) I don't really care much for '80s Tom Hanks myself. Well, except for Joe
0: versus the volcano.
1: Eh.
0: The Burbs. Yeah. Just the Money Pit. All right. Bachelor Party. Okay. I, I, I just want to go back to how could any human being actually dislike the movie Big? Like I it's, just it's, it's bizarre. I just don't like it. It is boring. I like Big <laughs> so much. My favorite superhero film is just Big but Superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> I I just I feel like not liking big is like not liking oxygen. Like, it's just, it's such a... It's Personally, such a not a fan social. of that either. Okay, well, you know. That explains a I'd rather
1: breathe something else.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so just give me straight nitrogen, we're good. I want to breathe that fluid from the abyss. You yeah. Know? Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. moving on from Jonathan's weird dislike of a great film. Maybe i was um, just forced to watch Larry Crown too many times. That's a terrible <laughs> film, though. <laughs> That's
2: just a terrible film.
1: <laughs> it's just, it's
0: a, it just feels like every other Tom Hanks movie. It does. Oh, wow. Wow. Sorry. It doesn't. Have
1: you we'll seen, talk Phil- about Have you that seen more Philadelphia? A few, more
0: years, a few more weeks. <laughs> of course, I've seen Philadelphia. Okay. I'm saying okay. there were no Tom Hanks movies ever. <laughs> All
2: right.
0: Best screenplay based on material from another medium goes to Dangerous Liaisons. Best foreign language film goes to *Pell the Conqueror* from Denmark. Oh, uh, Max von Sydow was nominated for that. Oh yeah. Uh, best documentary feature goes to *Hotel Terminus: The Life and Times* a Klaus Barbie. I want to watch this movie now. It's <laughs> an amazing title. Uh, it's about a Nazi. <laughs> of course it is. Oh. Why wouldn't it be?
1: A Nazi Barbie. Nazi Barbie, let's go party. <laughs>
0: Almost continued with that and I decided against it. Nine.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry, uh, I didn't mean to shit on Aqua like that because we all know that's actually Ace of Base. Ace of Base. That are Nazis? That are Nazis, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Best documentary short subject <laughs> goes to You Don't Have to Die. <laughs>
1: But you gotta go home.
2: (laughs) You can't stay here.
0: Uh, uh, Best live action short film goes to The Appointments of Dennis Jennings. Is that the Stephen Wright? Oh my gosh. Stand-up comedian Stephen Wright. It sure is. Won an Academy Award for best live action short film. Wow. Hmm.
1: I never knew yeah i feel like i was too
0: excited nice thank you (laughs) uh best animated short film goes to 10 toy the uh pixar short film their Mm -hmm. second one uh best original score brings us to our podcast within a podcast john williams oscar watch John Williams, nominated for The Accidental Tourist. Mm. He loses to Dave Grusin for the Milagro Milagro Beanfield War. (laughs) I'm not familiar. Can't say I am either. Wow. Yeah. Uh, It's a Robert Redford film. Okay. What's the title again? The Milagro Beanfield War. Beanfield is one word. Malarkey Beans. Okay. <laughs> Robert
1: Redford. Robert Redford.
0: Christopher Walken and Daniel Sterner in this movie. I'm sorry, oh, I just Sterner, you said you Robert Redford, and I started having flashbacks to Out of Africa the last time
1: you guys asked me to be on the podcast. Sorry. I'm sure it those looks, were all
0: wonderful uh, memories. The PTSD started kicking in. I'm just saying. <laughs> I started hearing that horrible Danish accent in my head again. And I was like, no,
1: no, Meryl Who, Who's Street. in the coffin? Oh, no. If,
0: if you want a really bad Meryl Street performance, watch Don't Look Up. Oh God. She's <laughs> awful in that film. <laughs> you'll you'll long for the days that she was in out of Africa.
1: She was just <laughs> having fun. But she has an bad. amazing
0: <laughs> endorsement if I've ever heard one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Best Original Song goes to Let the River Run from Working Girl, giving Carly Simon an Academy Award. Aww. Also, uh, Rain Man was nominated as well for Best Original Score. I oh, yes it was. Hans Zimmer gets nominated for Best Original Score. Thank you. Uh, yeah. If it wasn't for the, the terrible performances of Meryl Streep, <laughs> <laughs> I, I might have brought that up, but I got sidetracked. I, I apologize to everybody out there in podcasting. I like the score,
1: too in a way we'll talk about
0: Car- that. yeah we'll talk about that carly simon beats out phil collins
1: good fuck, fuck phil collins. collins uh
0: for two hearts which i only allow to be in this category because the ultimate warrior is in the music video
1: mm. there you go fair enough
0: uh best sound goes to bird 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 just just a bird just just bird one bird just a a bird Yep. Just some bird hanging out. Solo bird. Apparently, bird is uh, Charlie Parker. Oh, okay. Oh, oh yeah. Wrecked oh, by Parker. Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Oh, check that out. I like Charlie Parker. Hmm. I like Clint Eastwood too.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, there
0: it is. Bird beats out Die Hard. And hmm. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Okay. Jonathan, do you hate Who Framed Roger Rabbit too? No. I'm very, Please, Eddie, don't <laughs> say you hate it. <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, some non-subtlety lost to me as a kid. That, as I look back now, I go, oh, that's what patty cake meant. Oh, uh, but going back on it, it it's it's okay. I it's think it's just okay. fine. Okay, it's it's kind of a perfect film. It's, I, I don't hate that movie. I like it. I just you need to rewatch okay. the frame ranch ram. Okay. I'll do that. Speaking of which, best sound effects editing goes to Who Frame Roger Rabbit. Well, look at that. Beating out Die Hard and Willow. What a <laughs> category. <laughs> that's a fucking stacked category. <laughs> <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay, mother... Oh, never mind. Sorry. How the fuck did fucking Buck uh, Hillmore not get nominated for Best Supporting Actor? No justice. Uh... Best Art Direction goes to Dangerous Liaisons, beating out Rain Man Mm -hmm. and Somehow Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Best Makeup goes to Beetlejuice. Nice. Well-deserved. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Beating out Coming to America and Scrooged. Okay. Best Costume Design goes to Dangerous Liaisons. Uh, Best Cinematography goes to Mississippi Burning, Somehow Beating Out Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which should have won this award. (sighs) it no this film pushed it cinematography to its absolute cinematography though like i mean it pushed things but cinematography is uh, one of them okay you don't you're not thinking of how how much cinematography affects what is going on on the screen well it's fair that's fair i'm just throwing that all out there no Mm -hmm. fair enough also it's dean cundy who also shot the thing and oh. that man deserves an Academy Award. <laughs> and his name is fun to say. It is. It's very fun to say. Cundy.
1: It's, uh, it sounds don't... dangerously close to
0: something else. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dean Cunty. <laughs> Just in case everybody missed the
2: reference. <laughs> uh,
0: Best film editing goes to who framed Roger Rabbit. Fine giving it something it deserves. Um, beating out Rain Man. Best visual effects goes to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, there you go. So it, it picks up three Academy Awards on the evening, uh, putting it in second place behind Rain Man. That's really also cool. Also in visual effects, Die Hard and Willow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and ties it with Dangerous Liaisons. Yep. Yeah. Alright, our honorary awards for the evening go to the National Film Board of Canada in recognition of its fiftieth anniversary and its dedicated commitment to to originate art, to originate artistic, creative, and technological activity and excellence in every area of filmmaking. And to the Eastman Kodak Company in recognition of the company's fundamental contributions to the art of motion pictures during... Sorry, there's no space between pictures and during, so I had to make sure that that's what that said. So did you forget that word? <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, motion pictures during the first century of film history. Uh, a special achievement award goes to Richard Williams for the animation direction of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And we have a Gordon e. Sawyer Award tonight, which went to Gordon Henry Cook. Does not have a hyperlink on uh, Wikipedia, does not have a page on IMDb. And about the only thing I can find on Gordon Henry Cook is a patent, a patent for one of his inventions. A four-element composite prism assembly for splitting an incident beam into three color components, the first and second pairs of elements being separated by respective air gaps and color separation occurring at respective spectrally selective dichroic Coatings between the second and third, and the third and fourth prism elements, respectively, the separated color components being directed in different directions by total internal infections at the air gaps. To achieve the optimum separation, upper and lower limits are defined in the claims for the apex angles of three prism elements. Patent number 3932027. <laughs> wow. The beam splitting assembly is what it's called. Uh, Shit, so that's the only yeah. thing I could find on Gordon Henry Cook. Complete badass. And then beams. Split them. Yeah. That's right. And that's our Oscar breakdown. All right, then.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was a little quieter. Because uh, a lot of them I, I actually haven't seen, sadly. I've seen a lot of 1988 movies, but maybe not as many of the Oscar worlds as I would have liked. Mm-hmm. I, I think would have been a nice year to had a best animated feature category but we'll get there later
0: but could she even put it oh yeah you absolutely Mm. could uh against something else though we'll talk about that later (laughs) because right now i think we (laughs) need to talk about this movie yeah we need to talk about this movie um it's okay (laughs) <laughs> podcast done this movie is yeah. also okay all Listen, right well thanks for coming out everybody uh you know have a good night it, uh, it teeters on a line of would this could this movie come out now and yes, I, I would think agree mm-hmm. dustin hoffman does pretty well um tom cruise's character is made to do what he does on purpose uh my face is completely disappeared uh yeah, okay. I- <laughs> if, if there was an award for most punchable protagonist, um, I think Tom Cruise's character, uh, Charlie Babbitt is, uh, is in the running. Uh, um, I, yeah, he's, yeah, no, he's a douchebag, quite a, yeah, yeah quite a dick. I, but I a really redeemable douchebag it. who does get a redemption arc. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah, but I, it's so, well, here, here's the thing. So, the, the, First thing that I said to my wife after we got done watching this movie because she had never seen the film, I believe she'd read the book. Oh wow! Um, so I turned to her and I was like, "High functioning autistic," and she was like, "Yeah, no." Oh, you know, um, like, <laughs> I they just had the the way this movie put like, I, it's its portrayal of autism is is pretty. Well, you got to also remember that during this time, there was no spectrum. It was autism. Right. So there's that. Um, As to mixing up autism and savantism are two completely different things as well. Right. Um, Mm. Other than that, though, I would call Dustin Hoffman's character 100% high functioning. Okay. Somebody who's worked with adults with intellectual disabilities for 10 years I yeah I could he live by himself no like the what five minutes of the movie he's by himself yeah that he shows that it's something that he can't do but somebody who could live a functional life in the community nowadays absolutely I think I that that kind of person it's very possible so what is it about what is it about this movie that you would say it's borderline whether it could come out today is it is it <sighs> It's just the the era of today,
1: I yeah, think. Would you have a, a person portraying? Yeah.
0: I think even I Am Sam wouldn't be made today. Uh,
1: I think in the form that we're
0: looking at it with uh, an able-bodied person playing somebody with disability. Very much that as well. Yeah. It, it's, it's kind of the line, but if you look at something like Peanut Butter Falcon, which mm-hmm. also has somebody going on. Uh I'm sorry I'm sorry peanut butter falcon Peanut butter falcon it's one of the it's, it's still an amazing it. film it, it's is awesome. that the, is this the uh much maligned sister ship of the millennium falcon but it uh <laughs> it doesn't it's, go really fast <laughs> it, 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 it's it's the better version of millennium falcon that's not always breaking down Okay um anyway it's it's a film with Shia LaBeouf and he befriends um suddenly a, forgot a big
1: He's got Down syndrome.
0: Down syndrome. Thank you. Yes. I, it just completely dropped out of my head. Right. Um. So he befriends a a young man with Down syndrome, and they go kind of on a road trip like this film, and they get into misadventures, and it's 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 a fun film, but you know, it's not it's not Timothy Chalamet playing somebody with Down syndrome. They cast an actor with Down syndrome play, play the yeah, character. Yeah. The, the <laughs> character with Down syndrome. It's it's really simple. Yeah. Well, it's, and. and- to to bring it back to this, the conversation about, you know, the, the thing that you would not do today, the only thing that was going through my head, um, you know, when I first saw Dustin Hoffman on screen this time around was like the film, Tropic Thunder, you know, exactly. just, yep. Yep. Exactly. All that line goes through your head the entire time, <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's so funny that like in 2008, they were poking fun at that convention because um, that's when Tropic Thunder came out. You know, the, mm-hmm. the idea that you're Oscar baiting with, with an actor playing someone with some sort of, of you know... Um, handicap. Mental, mental handicap. Mental handicap, yeah. And now, disability. you know, we would what? not... Intellectual disability. Thank you. Thank you. you. Um, but, I mean, now it's just... That was, what, 12, 13 years ago? and And, you know, going from it's so common that we're poking fun uh at it in a film to like now it's just not a thing that you do. It's it's pretty incredible. And yeah, you know, this this movie is 35 years old now. Well 1988. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. It's yeah. But I think uh I think the big thing that this film can be made in some way today is that is that Raymond isn't treated as the butt of any jokes. Mm-hmm. There's there's never uh like bad conversations about him the things that uh Tom Cruise does to him are treated as Tom Cruise being a bad person yeah. right like like i i think this is kind of a respectful film as far as it can go with having Dustin Hoffman playing Raymond
1: yeah, yeah. it's uh bringing it back to um Tropic Thunder again where you have Robert Downey Jr. in blackface and you have the black actor calling out the fact that it's messed up and here you have, uh, is it Valeria Galeno, is that she's she's reminding or telling Tom Cruise's character you're being an asshole, you're being a jerk, so she's like, you know, the yeah, the on-screen conscience of the...
0: So much so that she leaves the situation because she recognizes this as not a good yeah. situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. So in my mind, this film could have been made today. Just don't put an able-bodied person as as that's, that's the title fair. character. Like, yeah. yeah, I I gotta ask just for for the arc of Charlie Babbitt, right? Okay. Where he starts the film, where he winds up, you know, at the end. Uh, that took a week, right? Like a calendar week. Yeah. For for yeah. us to to go from the beginning. Like, do you guys buy that? Do you do you buy that he is he's I, come that far? So I I don't think it's like an all of a sudden he's a great guy at the end. Right. He's a guy who recognizes he has a brother and he does actually want to have a relationship with this brother. Um uh, I I buy it as more of a man running from his grief. Uh the grief of A losing his father, who whether or not they had a great relationship his you, it's your father those things fuck you up like mm-hmm. you, you know uh and b him finding out that he has a brother that he never had a relationship with so it's it's a compiling of grief that he is essentially running from and trying to hide behind uh his his own grief
1: yeah and i i would say and to add on to what both points they've made the the title of the film and the fact that he has this memory of rain man when he was a little boy that he's like oh my god i i have this faint little recollection of this and it makes it more real for him and he's like oh yeah this is my brother i i he's not just a meal ticket he's not just my method to three million dollars i need to kind of Think about One and a half. He's here. not
0: that greeky. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. right? 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 <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Sorry, this is the line for the film. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think for me probably the most powerful scene in the movie is the one where he puts it all together and realizes that he did have those early memories of of his brother living in the home with him when mm. when he makes the connection and, and the, yeah. you know, they say the thing oh that's the name of this movie um you know but they have the <laughs> you know where he makes the connection that raymond is rain man and and because they do a nice job of planning that early in the movie where he has that uh you know before he's ever met raymond where he he talks about like oh it was just this my imaginary friend or whatever i had when i was a kid you know the rain man would sing to me and and you know make everything better and then you know when they sing the song together like that was i i, I can see that being you know probably the oscar moment of that movie between those two characters because it is just such a it's such an endearing like connection that right. they make that you know as i was watching i was like he found, he found the rain man again. You know, like, I mean, I was I was like, it, it, it was, it was touching. It was, uh, yeah. I, I thought it was nice. Um, yeah. Yeah I, yeah. I, I, I do kind of, I think that did a lot of heavy lifting for me to maybe legitimize the fact that it's like, Oh, by the end of the movie, he, Yeah. he does, he does care. There's a heart in there. Charlie Babbitt's not a complete bastard. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is good in him. I felt it, you know, <laughs> i'm also i'm also really sad that tom cruise got robbed of a nomination for this film because he's so good in this movie he is he's he's quite good yeah i, yeah. I love tom cruise so much and like after this and um color of money mm-hmm. it's no wonder this guy just shot straight to the top of the A list
2: yeah yeah
0: unfortunate that he's you know now the person that he is but (laughs) i have a really hard time separate like i love me some tom cruise films but i have a real hard time separating tom cruise the guy from tom cruise the dude you're talking to a guy whose favorite movie is braveheart yeah yeah. uh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) i get it a few things Mm -hmm. yeah yeah a little a few I mean, I was, I was raised on the Top Gun, so, you know, uh, Tom Cruise and I, you know, we go way back, but... Uh, yeah, the, as long as I've been watching that and this and Legend. Oh, I love Legend. Oh, Legend. Mm. Legend's, Legend's a pretty good flick. Legend's pretty good. Ridley Scott, he's good at making the movie. He does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I asked the question about the end of the movie, if if we, we buy the transformation, because, it's I mean, it is, you know, it, it's... That's his journey. That's Tom Cruise's arc. And I think my wife and I, when we watched it, we were in different places where by the end of it, she was like, I don't know if I buy like in a week that he's not, he's just suddenly not a bastard. And I was like, well, you know, but I mean, family changes people, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and also sometimes you just get a with movie timelines. You just kind of got to go with movie logic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Within the, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're looking at a week and the week is just kind of the time constraint that we're given. Right. You know? and, so it's just kind of what you have to buy into the premise for so yeah. if you don't if you can't go with the premise i can understand not getting to the ending that with it
1: yeah so this is definitely one of those movies where you talk more about the subject matter and, and the acting than the necessarily the the cinematography and stuff but i mean uh mary levinson one for directing right and i i think yeah. it, it is a very well directed movie there's some good um shots and i mentioned to jonathan i I kind of dig the soundtrack, even though it's kind of weird. It was
0: it. so weird that it pulled me away sometimes. <laughs> we're just like, it, it, it's it got a jungle theme to it. Is that what's going <laughs> <Yeah>. on? <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is my, my wife made a comment about the, um, the soundtrack while we were watching it too. And like, she made a, she made a comment about how it was a little weird. And I was like, it just never entered my memory. Like it, it, it was, it was there, and it sort of like I think it set a mood or so. But like I just didn't even acknowledge it as like a score. Like by the end of it, I'm like, there was music in this. Like it's just so. Yeah. It just I, felt really 80s, and mm. God, damn the 80s. It's like there's a lot of drum. Somebody machines. handed yeah. somebody a drum machine at one point, and I was like, hey everybody, this is the one to use. Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely Hans Zimmer working some stuff out. And I <laughs> fucking hate synth drums so much. Not Hans Zimmer and his. And God damn it. <laughs> I
1: is knew that, one was going to break me. I was just wondering which one it was going to be. Is, I haven't seen that yet. So is that Midsummer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the for the listeners, <laughs> Jonathan has been slowly changing his Zoom backgrounds and now has a <laughs> picture <laughs> of Midsummer. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the soundtrack for me, I, I didn't think it was a particularly like great mu- music yeah. or anything, but the but it like when it started, it it struck like like Bernsie said a, a, a tone, a mood. It, it made. Mm-hmm. Gave things kind of a gravity, it made things feel more serious, like and and they should because, whether legally or not, because like they mentioned that, um, Raymond's a voluntary, um, person, so I guess it's not necessarily kidnapping, <laughs> but <laughs> basically, but it's kind of kidnapping, <laughs> it's, it, it's it definitely was.
0: more kidnapping than it is not kidnapping, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was definitely kidnapping esque. <laughs> Adjacent-ish. <laughs> <laughs> it's just light kidnapping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kidnapping uh, adjacent. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. So with this movie, it's so I kind of cave my how I feel about it. It's it's very it's it's a good movie. It's me. okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. What did you guys think though? Like, I mean. As, as, as a entertainment value. It's, this is a film that I like yeah. and I like it a lot. Uh, and I guess I can leave it at that for right now, but it's, it's a film I enjoy. Okay. And, uh, one that I, when I was going to rewatch it, I, I kind of with Bernsey. I hadn't seen it in 20 years or so. Yeah. And was kind of afraid of what I was going to get.
1: Yeah. I yeah, am.
0: I, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, I, I really enjoy and like the movie, but it's one of those ones where I don't know that it's necessarily aged badly, but it hasn't aged particularly well. It's not like I'm going to recommend it to somebody now who's my age or younger who's never seen it. Uh, but you talk to anybody from my parents' generation, they're like, oh my God, I love Rain Man. It's such a great movie. And, and I think it was that when it came out. So that, that's right. Yeah, I yep. guess I would say that
0: when I watched this, I, I'm with you, Paul. I think when I started watching it, I was like, oh, boy, here we go. Like, it's a film, you know, uh, again, you know, we talked about 35 years ago. Um, and and the subject matter is, is tough to deal with. And the 80s is not known for being um super progressive about a lot of things and so i was i was prepared to be like oh lord here we go but i i feel like again other than the casting um i feel like the way that it handles a lot of the themes in this movie is is with a with a light enough touch where i think it it still works i think the only problematic part of it is is just you know that we're using uh, dustin hoffman to to play the character of raymond but right um but I was actually pleased when I watched it where I'm like, Oh, this is a very compassionate like view. Um, and this is, you know, this is a a, a film that, you know, the bad guy is the bad guy. Like the main character is treated like the jerk that he is for being Mm -hmm. as bad as he is. And it's only through him coming, coming around and, and understanding, you know, empathy and and really connecting with his brother that he grows as a person. And, And I was like, Oh, that's, okay it's kind of nice like I, I so in that vein i felt like it it was modern enough where you know because I, I was i was really kind of gripping the sides of my recliner while i was <laughs> yep. watching it like
2: oh are we gonna
0: are we gonna uh-oh. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah oh <laughs> um but no it it's it uh, I, I was i was pleasantly surprised by that yep. so. and and it's hard to overlook like the real world uh ripples that this film had in like really putting out autism awareness
2: yeah because
0: it was a very kind of thing that people didn't talk about and here it is a mainstream Hollywood film with one of the biggest stars in the world an Oscar winner like you know it's hard to overlook that as well right and I mean and it's a topic that to this day still is rarely talked about in film I mean Mm -hmm. the only other movie that really kind of steps up like I said earlier was like I Am Sam
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. and i mean how many other films can you think of where you know one of the key parts is someone with intellectual disability uh peanut butter uh falcon being Peter one of them it's so good yeah so i mean it's it's something like hollywood dances that topic a lot like they dance around it they 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 go let's just not um especially when nowadays there are people like with Down syndrome who are there are so many great Down syndrome actors out there.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And you just don't see them in movies other than like what The Ringer, which is a lot better than it needed to be. <laughs> 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 so much more respectful than it fucking needed to be. And I hate that. That was um, a that was a Fairley Brothers film, wasn't it? Yeah. That that's kind of why. They yeah, they have a lot of love for people with intellectual disabilities and uh, physical disabilities, and they put them in all of their movies. That's right. Because I remember we talked about uh, something Something about about Mary. Mary. Yeah. Which, which again was like a fairly like even portrayal. Yeah. Like shockingly for the rest (laughs) of that movie, it is really fucking shocking. (laughs) Well, you know, and and now that, now that we're kind of talking about Hollywood's portrayal of, um, you know, of, Non-neurotypical folk, basically. I, I think. I think the thing that was the most refreshing for me about this film was that even, uh, you know, even a film that comes out in a time where a lot of people would hear the word autism and not really be familiar with the term. Um, we also don't treat it as, like we don't portray Raymond as someone who needs to be cured, right? He's just accepted right. as, exactly. famous, yep. as this, and, and that was the part of the film that, to me, felt the most shockingly modern, because this is that way predates, like, modern understandings of, like, human neurodiversity, right? And, oh, like, dude, and, at this and, time, they were still taking Raymond, people like Raymond, who, when he would have a behavior like he did from time to time, were strapping him down.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And and that I think that was the part for me that uh, you know watching this film and and seeing you know the, the home that he was in and and the way that he was treated as like th- this is just who he is this is you know and and that they were finding you know compassionate ways to to you know help him build a life, um, I was pretty surprised by that because you know a lot of a lot of films of this era would you know as Jonathan as you pointed out they they would go that route right where it's like, you know there were we would be right smack dab in the middle of you know normative talk right like the idea that like there's there's no there's typical and there's atypical and there's no you know ground in between um and and that was i think that was the part of the film that really like i was like wow this you know this movie did feel a little bit ahead of its time in that regard too because it was um you know raymond is just raymond this is just who he is And, and it was really nice to see that portrayed that way
2: yeah yeah
0: absolutely so all right guys well, uh, anybody got any additional notes on this film?
2: No,
1: I guess yeah. the only thing I wondered in it was I mean Dustin Hoffman, with his method acting, he didn't do anything terrible, did he
0: i honest i I've just had such a weird crazy week it's It's the busiest week of my work Oh yeah, yeah so i I watched the film and I did no research on it. <laughs> the worst you might as well fire me now. We're professionals. <laughs> I didn't do it either, so it's my fault.
1: <laughs>
0: I just Gosh. kind of assumed Dustin Hoffman is just a jerk. And...
1: I didn't read. I mean, I I did basic reading about it, and I didn't see anything that stuck out or became newsworthy. So hopefully, he probably just played the character on the set or whatever, and didn't yeah. harass yeah. anybody. So.
0: That's fine. oh hopefully. god, that is method bad actor. fuck would probably do that throughout the entire filming too. Yeah, the whole yeah. goddamn <sighs> thing. God damn it! Now I'm just pissed. All right, hey Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is this movie in the library? No, that's weird. I actually find that a little shocking. Yeah, because like it or not, this movie is—I mean—quoted a lot even nowadays. (laughs) I mean, like Like, definitely quoted. Definitely. Um, I mean, like growing up i i had seen parodies of this film on every cartoon i watched until yeah. i finally saw this film when i was in middle school <laughs> mm-hmm. so it is it is kind of shocking that this didn't this has still hasn't gone in almost 35 years later yeah so uh now i'm going to read you the kind of shocking uh list of long list of films that got in compared to other years Ooh. um and you're gonna give me which one went in first okay and the year it went in, you think it went it. Okay. All right. So we have Die Hard. Yeah. We have Drums of Winter, a documentary. Stand and Deliver. Thelonious Monk, Straight No Chaser, a documentary. Hell yeah. The Thin Blue Line, a documentary. Oh. Tin Toy, the animated short subject, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. This has it down as animated live action hybrid narrative feature. just like the wording so what went in first and what year did it go in i'm gonna go who framed roger rabbit
1: 2003 um i'm gonna go thin blue line uh
0: 2005 okay i i think who framed roger rabbit is a is a good pick I'm just going to do the prices right thing where I'm going to, instead of 2003, I'll say like 2007. Zach got the movie. Ooh, nice. But he didn't have enough faith in Errol Morris's ability to direct a good documentary. 2001. Oh. Wow. Wow. Four, four years wow. late. You do not win the prices right. I'm sorry. Good day. Sir. Uh, who frame Roger Rabbit? Does not go Robert. in until 2016. Yes, I said nah. that funny. <laughs> 2016. Uh, our yeah. out of out of these films, the second one to go in was Ten Toy in 2003. Hmm. When did Toy Story come out? Uh, 1995. Really? <laughs> 2003 was Finding Nemo. Good lord! Good lord! Yeah. Makes sense. That's our national film registry. All right, so let's talk the Razzies real quick. Quick Razzies. Quick Razzies. Worst picture went to Cocktail. Man, Tom Cruise running the gamut this year, huh? (laughs) Yep. Worst actor went to uh, Sylvester Stallone for Rambo 3. Giant eye roll. Uh, Worst actress, Liza Minnelli for Arthur 2 on the Rocks and Went to (laughs) Cop. (laughs) Uh, Worst supporting actor goes to Dan Aykroyd in Caddyshack 2. Worst supporting actress Chris, Christy McNichol in Two Moon Junction. Uh, worst director had a tie Ooh. with uh, Blake Edwards for Sunset and Stuart Raffle for Mac and Me. Wow. <laughs> uh, worst screenplay went to Cocktail. Worst new star went to Ronald McDonald as himself <laughs> in Mac and Me.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Probably should have gone to Jennifer Aniston. She was the worst dancer in that McDonald's. That's fair. Uh, and uh, worst original song went to Jack Fresh from Caddyshack Two, written and performed by Full Force, hmm. not to uh, is... Ted Nugent doing Johnny Be Good in Skin Tight. That was a weird sentence. Or Skin Tight.
1: <laughs> yeah. What is happening?
0: Yep. So. That is, uh, that's our Razzies that year. So now it's time to get into our worsty judgments. Mm-hmm. Bernsey, been here before. You know the drill. Got a couple questions for you. Mm-hmm. First question is, does this movie deserve Best Picture?
2: Uh,
0: in context of the year that it, uh, that it was nominated or like today? in that year in that year i i would say so yes absolutely um it, it it is it is both everything that the academy looks for it is uh it is an actor tour de force right uh and it's a it's a heartwarming uh film you know right so i i, I would say yes okay i, I okay. stand this film you stand this okay <laughs> <laughs> in the context of 1988 hollywood yes um So here's where I'm going to go ahead and go next and disagree. Okay. And it's not because of any of the other nominations, because I haven't seen any of them. Now we fight to the death is what happens. Okay. Uh, You say this because, (laughs) and yet, uh, let's go ahead and tell you some other movies that came out in 1998. Okay.
2: Uh, My Neighbor Totoro.
0: Mm -hmm. Grave of the Fireflies.
2: Man, that's a good movie. Land
0: Before Time alien nation mm-hmm. part of an alien young nation. guns and the one who should have won or at least at the very least have been nominated big top peewee was fucking ignored yeah disrespect <laughs> like listen, that's not even I, a joke that's not even a joke that's in that is- <laughs> there peewee i mean i grew up on um, you know i i've been all the Pee-wee films are fantastic. Big Top Pee-wee is pretty great, um, but I, I don't. You know, come mm, on, it's the, it's, the, you. it's the Academy. Come
2: <laughs> Man. on.
0: Also, this is a year of uh, a lot of good horror because uh, Killer Klowns from Outer Space came out this year. Fuck yeah! Pumpkinhead came out this year. Child's Play came out this year. Damn right it did. And They Live came out this year. Yep. So a lot of bubble gum. Uh, <laughs> I just <laughs> it's so much good like these are movies that are still talked about to this day more so than some of the nominations now did a lot of what I've mentioned deserve to be given best picture nominations probably not I would say things like my neighbor Totoro or her Totoro or however you pronounce it I keep Totoro. fucking it up um, da, da, da. Even Grave of the Fireflies uh, because... You know it's interesting is I would say Grave of the Fireflies absolutely would deserve to be Everybody says that because everybody fucking hates or loves to cry for some strange fucking reason. So, it's the best. But, but, Crying but, but, but we'll say again though the uh, in the context of 1980s Hollywood or even now I mean yeah. Hollywood and yeah. animation historically they just do not take it seriously.
1: Yeah. No. I think yeah. today it would get a Best Picture nomination if we got these 10 nominees up here. Grave of Fireflies. Yeah. There. yeah. I mean... <laughs> I mean,
0: we say that, but uh, Wind Rises, which I think is equally as good as Grave of the Fireflies, did Mm -hmm. not receive a Best Picture nomination. Sure.
1: I did love the Wind Rises. Yeah,
0: Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I I just, uh, and uh, give me a second here. I don't know if I saw this on the list, so I have to double check one thing here. Um, yep. Akira came out in 1990 or Akira. 1998. Yep. I was, I was going to bring it up. Um, Akira. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Canada. You know what? I'll just go ahead and throw this out here now. Um, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Akira. Okay. Like oh, I've seen uh, it. It's okay. I don't, my heart. But, but I, I'm, there's a lot better, There's a lot better stuff out there. So, it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> I don't Man, I don't it's, I don't personally see the hype. I'm I, I'm happy for people who enjoy yeah. it, but I watched it and I was like,
1: "That's eh, okay." Well, it's what what Perfect how, film. how old were you when you saw
0: it? Uh, 20 maybe. Mm-hmm. 19, 20. Okay. okay. You saw it yeah. in 1920. I saw. I, I yeah. I fired up with a time machine. I, I saw it in a speakeasy, uh, <laughs> hanging out with a bunch of flappers. You know, like, okay. Let's go listen, see listen that to that hot new jazz. I can to Scott Joplin. I yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think yeah, it's great. So, I mean, but I admittedly,
0: this, that may have influenced my view of the film. Now, yeah. yeah,
1: I think it's great. But there's a lot uh, that's come out. Uh, since then, so if somebody's seeing it for the first time, they may might not get it so much huh. Huh. as as when it was fresh and it was like, "What the fuck?"
0: No, like, I can still watch that movie now. And I'd yeah, still I mean, I love it. It's, 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 you, know, probably, you know, I may need to give it another shake too. It's, I, it's, it's probably one, one of my top twenty films of all time. I if you don't <laughs> if you don't have a care you don't get uh, Evangelion, and no. that would just be a sad world. So. Yeah, we don't get Steamboy, which rules. Fair enough. Yeah, I I don't know why this movie got a Best Picture nom. I feel like there's so much more out there. That's better of again, of the actual nominees. It probably was the better of them. I don't know, but it's, it's an okay movie for me. So Zach. Yes, sir. Does this movie deserve best picture?
1: Um, I disappointed myself, not being able to see all the nominees that I wanted to. I've seen working girl, which is a good movie, but I don't think it's necessarily as good as this. I really wanted to watch, um, Dangerous Liaisons and Mississippi Burning is one of those ones I have the book and I've read a little bit about, but I don't know exactly how the movie handles the subject matter. I know there was some controversy with it, but it's one I'm, I'm going to watch um, very soon. Uh, no, we've mentioned all the terrific anime that came out this year. Um, Die Hard. Does Die Hard deserve a Best Picture nominee? I don't know. Maybe not. It, it it doesn't need one it's so hard exactly it's exactly it's, like star wars was say, everything and it else. goes in yeah. the star wars bracket
0: yep it's yeah. it's action so hard to say it's a good movie because it's just too much fun to care
1: yeah i think uh we probably should have you know come see us for our thursdays episode and i'll get a little bit more on that and that maybe that one should have mm-hmm. got a best picture yes. nominee agree um yeah adventures of baron munchausen uh yeah. A lot of good yeah, stuff. 88 was
0: pretty stacked. Yeah. It was. What a fucking year. Like, I always think of 89 as like my big year, and there's yeah. so much good stuff here.
1: Yep. Yep. So, but of the nominees, I, I'm i okay with saying, yeah, I think it deserved a uh, best picture based on these nominees. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jonathan, you asked the question. I'm sorry. Step no, on no. your toes.
0: Yeah, those were my toes. Paul, yes. Does this deserve the best picture?
1: Okay. I'm going to do
0: my thing you think i didn't watch any of these movies this week <laughs> Listen, guys <laughs> it was christmas week it's christmas week it's the busiest two weeks of my year yep. it, it i decided to watch all of barry and the first season of punky brewster on peacock <laughs> i just had things going on yep. um and um i just subscribed to nebula so i've been watching youtube videos without commercials
2: mm.
0: we'll talk about that later so in the field, I I have no real opinion because it's been, I've never seen the accidental tourist and i have never, I haven't seen working girl, which is the one I really wanted to get to this week. Uh, Cause I've heard so many good things about it and it's Mike Nichols and I love Mike Nichols. Uh, it's been probably a good 20 years since I've seen Mississippi burning or dangerous liaisons. So it, neither of those is fresh enough in my mind to tell you whether or not I think either of those should have won. That being said, um, Stand and Deliver came out this year. That should have been in the Best Picture race. Uh, I think we all know why it wasn't. Cinema Paradiso came out this year. and That's an incredible film. And I don't it know is. if that gets... I don't know if that gets nominations in 89. We'll uh,
1: see. But yeah, it's great. Yeah.
0: Um, Akira comes out this year. One of my top 20 films of all time. I love it so much. Bernsey's wrong. Uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, who framed Roger rabbit came out this year and absolutely should have been in the best picture race. Heathers is a film I absolutely mm. love. Uh, there's the greatest film of all time Mac and me uh, <laughs> dead ringers Elvira mistress of the dark. Ernest goes on and say Christmas this year uh, child's play uh, bull Durham, which is incredible. Jeez. Uh, Hairspray came out this year. Holy fucking shit dirty rotten scoundrel is an incredible comedy when, uh, they live yeah yeah my favorite john carpenter film is they live and that's saying something for the 80s because his fucking output in the 80s is impeccable i'll go ahead and say grave of the fireflies here too because god damn it um the adventures of pippy longstocking uh that great uh Francis Ford Coppola's nephew, Nicholas Cage film, Vampire's Kiss. Oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, Fish Called Wanda, I actually think should have been in the Best Picture race. And uh, Tune in Thursdayy. I got words on that. Adventures of Baron Munchausen, Zach brought up. I think that is one of Terry Gilliam's best films. I mean, mm. it's not Brazil, but it's not yeah. not Brazil. Um, <laughs> Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. <laughs> oh, God. I Will Fight Everybody, Drugs and Bugs, <laughs> Tucker Man and His Dreams. Great film. Uh, did I say Willow? Because Willow. Yeah. What a great film. The Seventh Sign came out in 88. The movie was uh, phenomenal. Uh, Return of the Killer Tomatoes starring yes. George Clooney and John Aston. Jonathan, I'm really shocked you didn't bring up Earth Girls or Easy came out in 1988. Yeah. I know how much you love that film. She's so hot. It's like the one movie she's just at her hottest. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, have you seen Transylvania six five thousand? I have not. Because or six five hundred. She's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gina Davis. Uh anyway, uh Critters Two. Um yeah, it's just such a good year. And yeah. I really like Rain Man. I think it's a really good film, and I think I I think I put it in the race. Yeah. I don't I don't think I give it best picture. Fair enough. Especially over what we're going to talk about on Thursdays tomorrow.
2: Night. Ooh. Ooh.
0: Um, also, I do want to say that there was a Razzie misstep as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the grossest pizza in the world, Mystic Pizza, was not nominated for Worst Picture and Worst Pizza. So, Mistake that, Pizza? Mistake Pizza.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is, uh,
0: <laughs> I have been there, it is disgusting. Uh, <laughs> My friend, if you ever want to know, I'm sure I mentioned before, Mel owns a restaurant right across the street from Mystic Pizza. It's called The Rise. Go check it out. Give her some love. Oh, the, bear. Oh, the Bear. The Bear. Oh, The, I bear. the bear. What the a bear! film. The Bear. Which one's The Bear? It's the one about The Bear. Oh, that's right. I remember you telling <laughs> me about the movie just The Bear. It's just about about a movie about a fucking bear. <laughs> yep, It is a movie about a bear anyway no. anyway bernsey second question for you is this the worst best picture coming to no, america n- not by a long shot no 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 it's no. uh it, it, i mean i <laughs> mean i think i think i could make a case for the episode that i was on before being the worst best picture so <laughs> um you know i i not by a long shot fair this enough is a fine movie it it is just that it is 100 percent a fine movie mm-hmm. um I am going to agree with you. Uh as to where I put it in my list. I'd probably put it in the number 26 spot between Marty and the best years of our lives. Yeah.
1: Zach, worst best picture? No. Uh sticking with the, the basement dwellers that we got there for a while. Um, I've got it actually pretty close to where you have it. I've got it at 24. Right ahead of uh, the other Dustin Hoffman, Kramer versus Kramer, which, uh, you know...
0: That's the one where Kramer's parents, uh, Kramer from Seinfeld, they they fight over custody for him, right? Yes, this is correct. correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Paul? Yes. Best Worst Picture? I think this movie's really good. And I enjoy it a lot. So don't take my position as anything other than I just think there's a lot more better films that won Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Because the quality for me doesn't start slipping until about 45 okay i have this at 40 okay Okay. fair i think it's a really strong film didn't get as emotionally involved with it as i thought i was going to but i really enjoy it i think it's just a fine film and i have it right under ben Hur and right above gandhi oh okay yeah fair enough so that's the company it's
1: keeping that's good company Mine are pretty close uh, to Ben-Hur and Gandhi, just higher on my list.
0: All right. Well, Mr. Burns, I thank you very much for joining us again, sir.
1: Oh, hey, it was a pleasure. Fun. Yeah, Great. thanks for having me. Yeah.
0: Anything oh. you'd like to plug in today, sir? Oh, uh, just that I suppose by the time this podcast uh, hits, I will probably be back on streaming. So again, uh, twitch.tv slash it's Burnsy. That's I-T-S-B-U-R-N-S-I-E i um, probably going to be streaming some Final Fantasy fourteen. Yes! Yeah. Final Fantasy is <laughs> RPG. <trying laughs> get this guy playing that game for like some time now. He yeah. I one other if I'm person to go, just go, you should play this game. Okay. <laughs> I figure if I'm going to go down the rabbit hole of playing an MMORPG, people should watch live while I throw my life directly into the toilet. So it's a good, uh, yes. good call. It's
2: good call.
0: <laughs> At least you're giving him a good story in the background. as well. I love it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much again, sir. My name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on the Twitter, the TikToks, the Twitch, eventually, and I think that's it. At alternatecrock.com, Zach, where can we find you?
1: Find me on Critiker, zach Zachmaster, X A K K M A S T E R, TikTok, House Havoc, Letterbox, Search by my name, Mister
0: Workman. You can find me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all of the films that I watch. And this week, uh, we'll say I watched uh, Encanto for a second time. Such a good movie. It played so much better the second time for me, watching it w- with my family. I listened to that one song. Uh, that the Strong Sister sings quite often. Oh, yeah. It's a good song. Tick, 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 and it never stops. Oh, well. Yeah. I'm hoping yeah. to watch it tomorrow with the boys. Oh, dude, yeah. let me know how you love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, Zach is a muggle who doesn't know that love is magic. Anymore. Love, love is though. magic.
1: Love is magic, and I love is, love Love is magic, as long as it's not t- tacked on to nothing else.
0: <laughs> Just kidding. Well then you should have loved the matrix because it's tacked on to so much humanity. Yeah. Um, it's part of my love is magic trilogy. Clifford, the big red dog in Canto and the matrix resurrections. Love is magic. <laughs> um, can't, I'm argue very worried about the matrix?
2: I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: no. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be very fair with you. That's pretty much the output of, uh, like the
1: last decade of
0: the Wachowskis anyway. Yeah. I, yeah, just yeah, temp-
1: I just yeah. had didn't temper my expectations. That's what I tell everybody. I encourage everyone to watch it. Just uh, don't don't expect a Matrix movie.
0: Yeah, don't expect a Matrix movie. Well, we shouldn't get into this because Jason yeah. didn't want to do it. The, I'm say. That's yep. the That's one, one thing I say. that I expected, though, <laughs> it said it on the on the poster. <laughs> it it's an evolution of the Matrix in the best way. Um, all right. So, uh, that's, that's me, Encanto Rules, uh, um, and everybody, please do not, and I repeat, do not talk about Bruno. We don't, we don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. All right. Uh, Zach, what are we watching next week?
1: Next week, we are watching <laughs> uh, <laughs> Driving Miss Daisy. Oh, oh boy <laughs> which you can rent on amazon google play voodoo youtube or stream on that hbo max
0: excellent uh we would like to thank trav from our sister podcast or actually first uh jason thank you for joining us yeah. this evening you bet uh, we, we had a real fun time with you and we can't wait to have you back I, yeah, I, I will be back any particularly if the quality of the films that we're watching keep increasing like this. Uh, well, you know, I'm all we'll, about it. We'll let you pick the next film you come on for. Okay, it. perfect. <laughs> instead, of, instead of us just being like, come here now. <laughs> I got a great movie for you. It's called Out of Africa. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh. That being said, we would like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Loving Up with Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We would like to thank Megan and J. Bellview for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod and on Facebook at The Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen. And the mighty algorithm. The almighty rhythm of Al Gore. I'm not
1: going to do any Dustin Hoffman quotes.
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely. Definitely no <laughs> Dustin Hoffman quotes. Shit. For Jason Burns, Jonathan, Zach, and uh, John Seal, who I think did a really good job as a cinematographer and I didn't talk about him enough. I would like for you all to have a damn fine day.